Hey guys, welcome to The Gag, otherwise known as The Gayest Gathering. I'm Joey. I'm Ali. I'm Zia. And we are back with another episode of The Gayest Gathering. Ciao. We have literally <laughs> been on this fucking phone call for like, what, like already like an hour and a half now before the show, before we even started recording, just giving each other our weekly updates, the tea on our lives, how's our relationship lives doing, CoStar made a few um unneeded but very mentally necessary cameos and came and dragged us real quick matter of fact let me spread some of this knowledge that co-star just shared with me and if anyone can relate or needs to hear this message please hear this message she said when you feel the impulse to control another person use it as a prompt to remember that you can't and it's notification to me also just said your heart is the most unreliable place in your body right now so take those two messages think about it just real quick i just want to say all this just you know if he's not texting you don't text him and with that being said we're not gonna talk to him and y'all shouldn't talk to him either but who you should talk to are your friends and we have the other amazing host of the gag zian ali here how are y'all how's everyone doing i'm good i have a glass of wine with me um and after recording i'm gonna get all up in some k-pop shit so i'm great and today's been my day off so I'm living it up. That's lovely. I've been having a mad K-pop week lately. It was ever since I watched the Blackpink really? documentary. Oh, I've been. Oh, yes. Yeah. How was that? How'd you enjoy? I fucking loved it. Like I'm somebody that like, I would say like, I have a pretty good like background knowledge in K-pop. I used to be mm-hmm. a big K-pop fan back in the day. Like I like me, K-pop is like BOA 21, like that literally after 21 is when I dropped off. So I, oh, as much as really? I'm familiar. Yeah, like I would like after 21 is when I jumped in. Wow. Look at that. No, yeah, that's the thing. Like for me, like Boa was like when she made her American debut, that's when I got really into K-pop and especially into Boa. Like Boa is such a special place in my heart as well as 21. Quick question. I feel like from our text about the documentary, I might have a guess which Blackpink member you're leaning towards the most. Mm-hmm. But which one did you vibe with the most? My favorite are honestly Lisa and Jenny. Really? Okay. I thought I thought it was gonna be Rose, but all right. Cause like Rose is that bitch who's always I in her feelings, and no offense, but Fuck, I feel like y'all could relate. It's so hard. I really love all of them. I really I love like them all. I love, I love them all. But when I got into them, Lisa was my favorite, clear, like just from the jump, the second my best friend introduced me to Blackpink, I was like, her, the bitch with the bangs, her. If I'm gonna be real too, not to like compare women against each other, especially when they're on a group being successful, but like mm. in terms of star power, Lisa has the most star power. Bitch. She you has it. it. She's just got that presence. And it. like, yeah. I feel like that's pretty clear. But know? like in terms of like their Instagram and like their outfits, I love Jenny's. Jenny's Jenny. is like- She's so known as like the fashionable bitch, yeah. Uh, I love it. Her face mm. just- Stunning, but yeah, I fucking mm-hmm. also love Rose too. I also love Jisoo too. It's so hard. They're such a fucking See? perfect group. Okay. They're such a perfect group. They are a perfect group. Y'all got me. Y'all they got are me. a perfect Stan, group. Stan Black Pink in this motherfucking house. We are Black mm-hmm. Pink stands, and if you are not, exit the fucking chat. Period. I haven't watched the doc, but I'm still here. Bitch, uh, you better. Zia has streamed sour candy multiple times, and that's <laughs> enough. That's enough. And she's not a white gay, so that's enough. That's true. That's true. That is true. I am not a white gay. Yeah. How are you, Zia? <laughs> Uh, good. I, I made myself some boba today, uh, you oh. know, exploring 
that world. I finally didn't burn it. It took me a couple tries. So uh, in terms of adulting, I've gotten there with boba. There, yeah. Graduated the banana bread phase of the pandemic, and now we're on to homemade boba. I never made bread, though. I have to say that. I was not one of those bitches. I didn't do tie-dye, and I didn't do bread. So I missed out on the first two seasons of Rona. (laughs) I never made the bread as much as I wanted to because I just fucking love banana bread. But I would never do tie-dye. The number one rule of, like, being fat or a curvy girl is never fucking wear tie-dye. Are you crazy? I'm going to literally look like a fucking Rugrats transition scene, child. I don't need to look like a fucking... I have two tie-dye shirts that I really live for. Just because I they really look good wanted tie-dye shirts. But they look good on you, though. I don't know why. I've always noticed that. They've always, like... See, really I got the... It's, I think it's because of my skin tone. You know, this, like, dark skin tone. And, yeah. like, the, like, the tie-dye shirts I have are, like, real bright. So I think they just, like, pop nicely. That's pretty much it. For me, it has to be, like, the right shade of tie-dye. It also has to be, like, a very much more fitting shirt. So you could still see that I have a body. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not this, like, whirlpool of, like, three different... <laughs> on my chest i just look like a camp counselor in tie-dye to be honest so right fuck people that can look like bad bitches in tie-dye like yeah bad bad bitches in Mm tie-dye fuck y'all but also i want to be y'all because i mean it's kind of cute but just wasn't for me you know what was cute though but actually wasn't cute though was some of the looks i saw in um the emily and pear show recently Oh my I didn't God. watch the show, but I saw um, pictures of like like a lookbook almost on Twitter on my timeline. And I know you were saying something about it earlier. I mean, we were talking about it earlier. Emily in Paris, for those that don't know, was a show that was made by the Sex and the City creators um, that recently came out on Netflix like a couple weeks ago. And it has to do with like this whimsical white girl who gets a marketing job and goes to Paris. And... I've, I've only watched the first four episodes, to be fair, so I don't know the whole plot, but I've watched enough, in my opinion, to understand that it's got the plot. I mean, it's not for me, and the fashion is just not there. She dresses like a Disney Channel character. I cannot. How old is the character supposed to be? She's like in her mid-20s. She's a whimsical white girl in Paris. Like, she's in her mid-20s. It's you know, Lily like, Collins. Lily Collins. I mean, she's lovely. Lily Collins is lovely, but that character, oh God, no. All right. So I noticed you said whimsical. Uh, I disagree. Um, Whimsical is not it. Um, You'll see later on in the season, she gets called basic um, and she is basic. She's a basic white bitch who goes to Paris, not knowing any of the language, going to work there with French people and the people she works with, they kind of like hate her for it. And I'm just like, deservingly so. And I feel like the way it's filmed and the way the storyline is tries real hard to make you feel sorry for her. Like, oh, these French people being mean to this, like, you know, American girl who's all nice and positive. But I'm just like, she's some annoying white bitch who's like, you know what? I can definitely spend a year in France and work and not know any of the language and have everything go my way. Not only that, but hot guys around every corner who are attracted to me. I don't know about that. Uh, That's for one. And two, um, the fashion. The fashion is it's very questionable. <laughs> like, it's very questionable. Like, I already don't like the character as a whole because there have been many TV shows where, like, there's a main character or, like, a character that yeah. introduces the show. But I'm still like, why is that my least favorite character? The person that, like, is, like, 
the head of the show, to be quite honest. I loved like many of the supporting characters, but Lily Collins' character, I was about to say I forgot her name for a second, but the fucking, her name's the fucking like <laughs> title of the show, Emily. But yeah, Emily, girl, she's not it. Mm-mm. I was gonna say, um, I've never seen the show, gonna watch it tonight. Um, I've never seen it, but from what y'all tell me, that it has that similar complex to like the show Victorious as well as like High School Musical. It's like the main characters are actually the ones that like you kind of hate the most. Like for example, Victoria, like Victorious is literally just like Victoria Justice just being eaten up for 24 minutes every Friday on Nickelodeon. Then High School Musical, it's like when you were little, it's supposed to be like, oh, like fucking Gabriella and Troy, blah, 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 blah. Like just got eaten up by these mean theater gays. And it's like, no, those theater gays, as annoying as they are, they worked this whole fucking time and you're going to ruin their senior spring music. How, how fucking dare you? It's, it's like that type of thing where it's like, you think you're supposed to feel sorry for them, but it's like, no, they're actually are fucking annoying. And the French people better drag Emily. Sorry. Real growth is realizing that Sharpay was right. And Sharpay did nothing wrong. Period. Sharpay okay. always had a plan. Sharpay, Sharpay did always had points. Wrong. Nothing wrong. I'm sorry. Gabriella was some basic ass trick, okay? For one. <laughs> Two, Sharpay was so, this bitch trying to level up Troy, okay? He did not want to be leveled up. He wanted to stay basic with a basic bitch instead of going with a bad bitch and like aim for like big things. So fuck him. Anyway, and that's stand the thing. Sharpay efforts. I applaud Sharpay on her effort to upgrade Troy on some Beyonce B-Day shit. Like I admire it, but it's like, he didn't deserve it. He didn't mm-hmm. fucking deserve it. And she should have just let his ass stay basic. And I'm pretty sure he did. Mm-hmm. Didn't Sharpay end up with that, with that fine ass dude? Zeke. Zeke. Yes. And, yes. and he fucking bakes. And, and he, he fucking bakes. bakes. And he bakes. Oh, that's right. And he bakes. And he has flavor. Anyways. And he's and not he stomping through really a fucking... That. And he's not stomping through a fucking field of grass like a faggot singing bed on it. Anyways. <laughs> But that fag snapped on it, though. Let's not... Bitch, we don't care about male artists these days, but the only male artist I acknowledge is Troy Bolton in some fucking uh, Tommy Hilfiger loafers running around a goddamn golf field in Albuquerque. Because that shit was so... The part where he, like... Flashing the fountain real angsty. I was just about to say, that's what point of quarantine I'm at, where, like, I haven't jumped off the mountain yet, but I have looked at my reflection in the water, and I'm like, fuck off. I'm at that point. I'm thinking about it now. Troy Bolton is basically Shawn Mendes. And like Gabriella is like fucking, what's her name? Camila Cabello. Don't ever say oh that about Sharpay. <laughs> what do you mean? No, Sharpay has stages Sharpay. she's been booked on. No, no, he's oh, comparing no, Gabriella and Troy. Oh, Gabriella and Troy. Okay. I would never speak ill of Sharpay. With disrespect, Joey, we are not. Absolutely. No, no way. So sorry. So sorry. No, I agree. I agree completely. Hmm. Who's Sharpay, though? A star. A bad bitch. <laughs> a bad bitch. Just name every single adjective in the book. Who can Sean Mendes not bitch. get? Who does Sean Mendes... Who low-key might want Sean Mendes, but he does Nick Jonas. Let's just say that. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I knew what you were about to say. Guy you knew <laughs> yes. I was thinking of it, too. I was like, mm, you crash. Who else? What other homosexuals can I think of? He's trying to, like... <laughs> Has anyone been like actually clapping for Emily in Paris? Has it been getting good reviews? Do people like it? Do do y'all like it? Okay. So I watched the whole series. It's 10 episodes, like half an hour. And as much as I have a lot of like things about it that I didn't really like or care for, 
it still compelled me to continue watching it through. I don't know if it's because, like, I'm the type of person that even if I'm watching something shitty, I still want to know how, like, I still want to finish just so, like, I, like, got the whole picture. Like, I'm just, I'm that type of person that I'm, like, I can't really, like, stop. I have to watch all the way through. Uh, But from the response I've seen on social media, people have been, like, this show is kind of shitty. But I still watch the whole thing. And, like, uh, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Keep It, with, like, Ira Madison III, um, him and, like, one of his other co-hosts, they were, like, we watched it. Um, Yes, it was shitty. We watched the whole thing even so. Like, so same sentiment as me. I really struggled to get through those four episodes. It was just, you know, it's, you could see that when she came back to the U.S., she was going to be one of those bitches who's like, oh, I have to have wine on Fridays because that's what I did when I lived in Paris for a year. Like, you know what I'm saying? She was, she's, she's one of those girls. And I can say that because I did study abroad in Paris. So I had my whimsical summer in Paris where you think everything is freaking baguettes and wine and shit, but like, yeah, you did it like crystallize into a toaster strudel. When you exactly. I learned some basic French. I learned how to say hello. Thank you. I was also there for like a couple weeks. I wasn't there for a year, but the disrespect mm-hmm. that she has not only in her fashion, but in her like Americanness of everything being like, Oh, I'm American. Everyone here can figure out the English. Like she's one of those bitches. Ugh. It's so upsetting. Yeah. I'm like, I'm over her. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah. Her French coworkers are just like not about it with her. They're just like, this bitch. Like, they have all these little jokes about her and all these little nicknames for her. And you'll see. You'll see. Zia, you said that like you're not the fondest of Emily as a character already. There's more that'll happen later on that you'll be like, am I really supposed to like this bitch? Like, am I really supposed to root for her? Uh, she does something that makes you go like, mm. Uh, but like the more I watched the show, the more I was just like, this girl is not it. But the more I watched the show, the more I was like, oh my God, these men are so fucking fine. And honestly, that does a lot to me or like my interest in a show mm-hmm. or a movie. If I see someone that I'm just like, oh my God, fucking eye candy, then like, I, it will hold my interest. And there was a particular character, as I'm sure you've like been introduced to him already. Right? The uh, neighbor in the fourth floor? Gabriel, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, girl, he will appear more often, and uh, so will, like, other men, and they just, ooh, the men, they chose the right men. But it just feels like it was written by a Sex in the City stan versus the actual ooh. team that made, that made characters like Miranda and Carrie, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Sex in the City characters were... Yeah, like they were women who were into romance and sex and relationships and everything, but they were just so much more interesting. Like yeah. this girl, it's it's like they really want you to dislike her and just get along with everyone else who's seen as like the antagonists in the show. Yeah. She's just so unlikable. And I'm like, like this came from the same people that did sex in the city. Girl, you'll dislike okay. her more. I already do. I don't know if I can get worse than already because, <laughs> God, I can't stand her. Mm. All this hearing about like studying abroad and shit makes me really regret not doing it in my time in college. Not for the sake of like seeing gorgeous countries and like traveling to see historical places, but not for getting like some foreign dick. Mm. How Honestly, was, why didn't we do that? Why didn't, didn't we? we do that? Oh, it, like I have a friend who has a friend 
and his friend is now like a flight attendant as most gays reside to doing and he literally just goes travels around this is pre-covid and just gets like fucked and gets like foreign trade ever and i'm like damn let me find like an internship in the uk or something and just get railed no tube you get the because <laughs> they call it the tube there <laughs> oh my god who is she international she international oh. fish yes international bussy <laughs> going on to more show related and possibly netflix related things um ali was telling us earlier before we started the show about a potential hocus pocus sequel especially i mean not to mention halloween is literally coming soon if we're even celebrating this year yeah, Halloween is right around the corner. That already makes me nervous, but something that doesn't make me nervous is a potential Hocus Pocus, like, reboot, or no, not a reboot, sequel. A sequel is, like, probably in the works. Uh, Bette Midler spoke to, well, she had an interview, and in the interview she said, oh, yeah, we all got together and filmed a little re- reunion thing. It's, like, supposed to, like, come out on the 30th, but it's just mm-hmm. some, some, like, little virtual reunion thing that's gonna come out, which is cute. And she said that, like, they've all, like, express like the three of them her sarah jessica parker and kathina jimmy they've expressed that like they would like want to like you know do a sequel and i'm like oh let's do it i'm not the fondest of bet midler to be quite honest but i stand the fuck out of winnie sanderson okay listen i my favorite halloween movie hocus pocus period number one number two number two twitches and I put them, I'll just put them both, like as a franchise, Twitches, and three, Halloween Town. When it comes time for Halloween, I will absolutely watch the fuck out of those movies. I agree. It was like when Disney would have, like, it's like 31 days of Halloween or whatever, like the countdown to it. Literally every single movie, I'd be like, nope, 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 don't care. Give me that story, or give me fucking Brown Family. But when it was like Hocus Pocus, I'd be like, oh, I'm watching this shit. Especially mm-hmm. they have the musical number. I just think Hocus Pocus is the one comedically where it transcends past like the childhood age like i could watch it now and like fucking cackle at it not because the comedy is so grown and intelligent and articulate no because it's fucking like stupid like it's just like these bitches cracked out running around the fucking town fucking with people and it's the funniest shit ever who who would we be out of the um sanderson sisters because i feel like roles could switch but if we had to assign who would be who out of joey ali and zia Okay. All right. So Zia would be Winnie for sure. Point blank period. Um, I would be Kathy Najimi. Uh, and uh, Joey, you would be Sarah Jessica Sarah Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker. 100%. Because there's that one scene that I really resided with well when I was a kid. It was like when they go to like the random white man's house and they go downstairs <laughs> and isn't she like dancing with like the old like white man? And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's just like, he's just so nice. Oh, no, hold on. The bus scene, when they're on the bus and then they're getting off in the bus driver. You would absolutely be that bitch just eyeing up the bus driver flirting. And meanwhile, Zia and I would be like, bitch, are you coming? So yeah. (laughs) I'm just grateful that it's a sequel and not a reboot because Disney has been taking some L's with their reboots lately. So thank God it's a sequel with the cast that made it iconic. The original cast. Yeah, I cannot the reboots right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And honestly, the Sanderson sisters, like, uh, I think I love them so much because they just had that fuck them kids energy. Quite honestly, fuck them kids. That's what it really is. The whole fucking movie. They're just like, fuck these fucking kids and their stupid ass Halloween. Bitch, if you don't get out of our graveyard and our neighborhood and shit, get the fuck out of here. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that reboot is one that I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, but there's another reboot that 
people are not looking forward to as much. People meaning us. Yeah. As we clearly <laughs> expressed before we press record. I have thoughts. I may disagree, but well, go ahead and present it. Well, let's share it with the few listeners of the gag. Um, Netflix recently announced that they will be having a Selena series premiering on Netflix. It's going to be a drama and it will pretty much just be showcasing Selena's journey to stardom. And it is set to release December 14th. And I'm, I'm all right. So far, I get the idea, but we'll discuss Ali. Okay, so I understand the like wanting to bring Selena into like this new generation and like introducing her to like people of like this generation who probably don't know as much about her, people who like are Netflix users and stuff. But it's like, um, I don't really care to know about the people around her. It's a series and like, she's clearly not gonna be the only character, even though it's mainly about her, it's gonna be about all these people around her too. And I don't care to really know about them really. What do we need to know? Like nothing really, we already know about Selena. We know like the story. And I don't know. I don't really think it's that necessary. If y'all want to know more about her or like if Netflix want, you know, a Selena anything on their platform, then just get the fucking rights to the like the JLo movie and put that shit on. The JLo movie was good in terms of telling the overall story of Selena. Now, I'm not a Selena stan at all, but I do feel like when I watched the JLo movie, it was kind of rushed in terms of like her just starting to navigate her career and then becoming like a huge star all of a sudden. So I feel like the new series would kind of allow those gaps to be filled and to kind of give us more context as to like what she struggled with and was kind of going through. And what I'm really excited for is that at least it's an interesting, true story with a large uh, Hispanic cast or like Latino cast. That's just exciting for me. I'm totally probably biased in being excited for that because like it's like seeing like mi gente on screen finally being not all of them being like drug dealers and shit. So that's kind of what I'm excited for. I think I'm just more excited for like the representation aspect of it and the fact that it's validating a Hispanic story to be told and to be shared and to be given the budget of Netflix. So maybe it's just more what it means versus the plot of it. I 100% agree. I have my opinions about it, but with that, what you just shared, I 100% agree. I like the idea of extending an artist's story and their background through a different artistic medium, like a series, because it gives you more time, especially like what you said. I agree with the earlier Selena movie. It was definitely rushed. The only thing that like fucks me up with it is that like I would like this, not saying that like I wouldn't like this from like Selena's story. And I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm definitely going to learn something new because it being a show, you have more time to explain shit than a movie that's like an hour and a half cap. But it's like, it's hard to like be pulled in to watch it when like we've kind of seen the movie already because the movie is like, that's the true. movie is pretty much like, not to like speak as if I like I'm a Selena fan. I don't know shit about it but it's like selena is like the movie is literally like selena for dummies like it's pretty much like if you need to get the gist like say we have an exam about selena tomorrow and you need to read read some shit just watch the movie you'll get it pretty much you get the gist of the story and like i said there's pretty much like more i'm gonna learn and that we're all gonna learn in the background because i mean no one that becomes that famous that quickly 
has had it easy probably and has had it not be an interesting story. So I'm pretty sure we'll all learn about that. But I I don't know. I hope it's good. I just hope it doesn't like flatline at a certain point. I mean, that's just going to have to depend on her story of what happened when she was coming up. Not saying like, I hope she went through shit just so we enjoy it on Netflix 30 years later. But realistically speaking, from like a viewer's perspective, as well as a producer's perspective, it would be like, you still want it to be entertaining and real you and just like how Emily and Paris kind of lost y'all. True. That's true. I mean, I think you guys do make valid points about like Joey, you said, kind of like, if you want the quick and dirty of Selena, just watch the JLo movie. That just kind of makes sense. And also, now that we kind of talk it through, I do realize, like, Selena's story, in a way, has already been told. So, like, maybe just find a different story. Because we all know how it ends. Like, if you watch the mm-hmm. JLo movie, which is really popular, you kind of know how it ends. So, exactly. not if- contradicting my earlier statements, I do totally mm-hmm. see what you mean in terms of, like, Mm, do we do we need a whole series on it yeah Mm, yeah yeah and it's funny because this topic is kind of like similar to what we talked about last week with like the memoirs and very uh sharing artist stories and i love this idea like i think the idea of just making a series about an artist's life is genius i love that not even because i'm biased but like say for example like mariah's book just came out if you don't want to read the book or listen to the audiobook if you don't have that much time Honestly, what would be a cool idea is make a series out of that. Each episode is based off each chapter, you know, where, you know, there's difference in each kind of episode or storyline or plot. It's going up and down. Whereas, of course, I know Selena's did. But once again, it's like not a lot of us, for example, like not to use Mariah as like the all time pinnacle example, but like we haven't heard her story fully or it's just new to some people's ears to a lot of people's ears, actually. Whereas Selena's, it's like we've kind of heard heard most of it like if i've heard like 75 percent of the story i don't need need to really hear the 100 percent of the story if i'm not like a selena stan or if i don't have like a book report on selena due tomorrow for some reason <laughs> yeah the thing is with selena we all know how it ends uh very unfortunately so like we already know what happened in real life and we know what happened with the JLo movie. It's like, okay well let's tell y'all again it's the series it's like okay yeah. So you're going to tell us the same thing, just in another form? Mm-hmm. Since it's already happened and it's already going to come out, I'll probably watch it. Yeah. If not for the looks. Because the trailer, I mean, she was serving some looks. The some wigs the wigs were debatable. <laughs> I was about to say, those wigs were but not serving. looks, though. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see yeah. all the different, you know, that 90s fashion. Love yeah. it. The wigs were, were definitely looking a little affected by the weather. Like, I know they're in Corpus Christi, but shit. <laughs> you can't spray some got to be on that motherfucker like that all right fuck the weather like the production team the hairstylist y'all could have done something if i were not to like harp on the topic but i were to pick any other person so it also serves for the latinx rep- representation why not a, why not a series or a biopic or a memoir on like celia cruz or something like there is one there but is? it's okay. But it's uh, all Spanish language. And to be fair, it just doesn't have the same budget that a lot of American productions do. So I could totally like like that would be one that's maybe not a reboot, but like a reinterpretation of the series that was already made with a Netflix budget. I would love to see that and to bring her story to an American audience. Exactly. Because Mm -hmm. like I don't I know the like 20 maybe even 10 percent of her story so like for example if i were to see that like 
a Celia Cruz series was coming to Netflix, oh, I'd watch that shit. Because Same. what I'm interested to know, and I don't know a lot. So I'm using this to inform me. Whereas with Selena, we're pretty much informed on the topic. Exactly. That's a good point. Like, yeah. take a story. If, like, you want to make a, like, series about, like, a, a Latin, like, icon or legend's life, like, take one that has not had much about them in the media or like in the media in like i guess like i don't want to say in american media but, yeah, but like, like for an english-speaking audience yeah, and, for yeah. an english-speaking audience so yeah. yeah i agree i mean hey shit when it all comes out we'll all probably eventually see and i'll give our tea an hour I'll see the ratings. I'll see the what people are saying. Now, girl, if you could sit down and watch all of Emily in Paris, listen, you can sit listen, down and watch the Selena listen, show. Listen, I watched Emily in Paris because I saw some fucking hot guys in the fucking trailer, and I didn't know anything about like I didn't know any info about it before. So don't even try me. I already know about Selena. We'll let them quarrel during the break about Emily in Paris and Selena. It sounds like a conflict. Well. We'll be talking about hot guys later. We don't even got to watch Emily in Paris to talk about hot guys because we'll be talking about them in Gag Reflex, right, y'all? Mm-hmm. So we'll be right back. We are back and you're listening to the gag. Let's just go ahead and jump right into Gag Reflex. And let's start with trade of the week. Trade of the week. Um, I would fuck with him. It is Big Sean. Ah, that was Get cute. It? Get it? That was cute. Almost as cute as he is because he's fucking fine and has been looking ultra fucking fine recently. I don't know if the listeners of the gag have been keeping up with his Instagram, but um, let's just say I have a lot of the pictures bookmarked or screenshotted, okay? For me, it's the post that he did on October 8th and October 2nd. Those two posts, he is looking gorgeous. Like, fine, but also, like, gorgeous i agree the october 8th post for reference for our listeners he's wearing like a white kind of rolled up muscle tee um gray sweatshorts and a green bandana and he just looks gorgeous like yes like we're not saying in order to be gorgeous or up to the gag standards you have to have some muscle build on you but shit is looking fantastic on mm-hmm. him and girl and his hair and everything my god i want my pussy beaten i mean ali Let's talk about the October 10th picture. He's standing next to Post Malone. That just makes him look even better. Even more fine. Yeah, Mm -hmm. y'all can search it online. Literally just search Big Sean Post Malone. Child, this Mm -hmm. made him go from a 10 to 100. There's just something about him. He just, like, looks like he gives good dick. That's all it is. He looks like he's always got, like, a joint on him and good dick. And that's a vibe. We love those two things in men. We love those two things. In men, around men. He also has really fucking gorgeous eyes. Like, I don't know if anyone, like, po- pointed that out. But it's not even, like, like the color of them are gorgeous. But it's just, like, the shape of It's just, like, he has that look. Like, he just, like, mm-hmm. could look straight into you. And, oh, my God. They're very, like, intimate looking. Very intimate eyes. Like, he, like, those people that have eyes that almost, like, glimmer. Like, they're fucking, like, uh, like anime characters. I'm like, what drugs are you on? <laughs> Hold on. I'm scrolling through his, like, IG, and I see the picture of, like, this black and white picture of Naya Rivera that he posted, and, like, we all know they used to date. But it's like, huh, sir, this post, after you wrote a whole song, I don't fuck with you about her, sir. But I mean, like, that's... Mm. 
I mean, I'm sure, like, yes, it was in the past. Like, yeah, he didn't know it was going to happen. But it's like, you wrote a whole diss track about her. She passed away. It's like, yes, let me address her existence again since that time that I, like, dropped the song. But okay. I think that's kind of endearing and human in a way. Like, not saying that's, right. like, because it's kind of the bare minimum. But, I mean, when he wrote the song, it's not like he knew she was going to die tragically. That's you true. Know, it's like, when I'm or like for like for example, like when Ariana like broke up with Matt with Mac Miller, she has a song written truly about him that's saying she's better off without him. Now she doesn't perform it anymore, period. Mm-hmm. But she's she'll still acknowledge, you know, his uh, anniversary of his death and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. child, the only thing I do know about death is that this pussy could use some murdering because he could do it. Hold on. Um, this is not about his fineness, but I do remember seeing him saying that, like, that song was not about Naya after, like, she died. I'm just like, sir, you're saying that now? The song came out in 20-fucking-15. Yeah. All right. Nice try trying to save yourself, but okay. Okay, so before the show, we were talking about, you know, we were deciding who won- who should be Trader of the Week and everything, and when we came up with Big Sean, we were talking about, you know, his growth in muscles lately, and... Lately, like, you know, through DMs and stuff like that and chatting off from the show, Ali and I have been talking, I've been very interested in, like, the fit, not twink per se, but, like, as Zia said before we started recording, a twunk. Like, these small-built men, but that end up building muscle, and they keep their small frames, but the muscle that they built on it is nice and big and dense. There's something about it, because, does that make sense? Yeah, and I think it's a body type that, I think it's maybe even like the hottest one just because you guys like these WWE Hold on. bodyguard type, like it's too much, too much. So this is a great compromise by Ali. What? Hold on. Uh, like I've said, I like men, not boys. And I feel like a me- um, I like men to be built. You know, I don't like, I don't like a flaco. Okay. Uh, that's not my vibe. i don't that is not my vibe but like if you have like some i want you to have some meat on your bones i want some to grab okay what like whatever fluctuation of weight that is whatever like a muscle or not that is it's just i don't like a real skinny if it looks like i'm not a tiny person if i look like if i fucking sit on top of you i could break you i don't want you for the most part that's for one so i've been kind of into that lately <laughs> really but like in, in terms of like a big sean type like for example like i like that you have a small frame so i know that like i don't know like i'm the one with like all the ass here and all the curves and all this and you got to be the one holding me up i don't know if that makes sense so you have to operate this vehicle under a lot of conscious work and effort and body weight there's a body weight restriction because it's also also a health concern i don't want to break you but that's why uh you know a big sean type twunk moment is nice because they have the muscle they have the strength you know but they also have i don't know i think that complex is kind of hot like it's just like yeah bitch i'm gonna break you with my ass and what about it i think it's hot i don't know that's why lately i've been like getting into like even like my not twink bag but like tall lanky like skater boy bag i don't know I See? think it's just like an ego thing. So it's like, I'm the mm-hmm. one with the fat ass. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> that uh, our types, like Joey, Joey and I's types is like a guy that looks like he could like beat us up. That's like what we felt like. 
But there, like, clearly there are exceptions. There are some skinny guys that I'm just like, I would absolutely let him mow me down. I have to say, and those skinny guys, I disagree with. Because you're into like <laughs> bum no. guys, bum skater guys. Those listen, are hold on. Those are fuckboy supreme. Yes. No, yes. ma'am. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can. Hold on. When it guys. comes, <laughs> when it comes to the skinny guys that I've been like, I would absolutely let mommy down. They've been. They're dudes that look like they don't get enough sleep. Uh, for example, Evan Peters, G Easy, um, or they're dudes that look, you know, like bums, but bums that are aware that soap and water exist. No. Okay. Evan Peters on a bad day, like American Horror Story, crazy type character, and Jeezy, they look like the kids in the back of the class that smell like stale bread. I agree. And I went to high school in Maryland, so I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, I agree. Mm-mm. No. I'm I'm all here. I'm all here for edgy looking guys and whatever, but I am not here for guys that it's like, mama, you just need a nap. And that would fix a lot going on with you. Mm-mm. Zia had a question for the culture before the podcast, and we thought, you know what? Let's ask it on the podcast. Um, And the question was, what the fuck does topping from the bottom mean? So to give some context, here's the thing. I came across this term recently and I, I, there was no clarification. The terms, it simply just said topping from the bottom. Now, I did not know what that meant. And before any of us look it up to resolve what it finally means, I have two theories as to what it could mean. So topping from the bottom, the first definition I believe to be the bottom is on top of the classic top. They're bottoming, but they're on top, right? That's the first definition. Now, the second one I thought was that bottoming from the top could mean that the typical bottom in the interaction is switching it up and is topping this time, hence topping from the bottom. So In your opinion, which one do you guys think topping from the bottom is referring to? The position of the bottom on top or the bottom of the relationship switching it up and topping for once? Okay, uh, definitely not the second one. Um, No offense, but like that, yeah, no. Uh, That one doesn't, like, I understand where you might be coming from, but I don't see that being it. Probably the first one that could be it, but like I thought about it in a position sense where uh okay i've watched many clips of porn where yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. y'all know uh joey you know (laughs) where Mm -hmm. (laughs) check my likes girl twitter page god bless Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so in the clips of porn that i in some clips i've seen like where the top is like laying on his back his legs are up to where you could probably see his asshole and but his dick is uh, sticking up and the bottom is on his dick that way. That's what I think like topping from the bottom is. The top is on the bottom on his back, legs up, but dick up and the bottom is riding from there. Like just squat riding like that. I was on Pornhub trying to find a clip because I've seen that in so many like videos I've seen, but like I just could not for the life of me find it. I got 20 pages in and I'm just like, damn, still couldn't find any thumbnails that matched up to like the position, but hey. That does make sense. What do you think, Joey? I kind of agree with both. In a way, I think your second definition, I don't want to say it sounds like funny, but it's like, I feel like that would just be like, like, verse. Just somebody like being verse. Yeah, be like, oh, like he, like, nah, like he topped last night. 
like for example, I actually have um, a contextual example from Urban Dictionary if you guys would like me to read it for you. It's a mini monologue between guy one and guy two. And I'll start. <clears throat> guy one says, so I heard Derek let you top last night. Guy two says, yeah, but even though he was bottoming, he still had most of the control. Guy one says, ah, clearly he was topping from the bottom. I, that definition kind of supports, or that example supports the first definition maybe of like, you are just maybe being a more dominant bottom. Maybe you're leading it. But that also could start. So a power bottom. Yeah, but I also see. I I agree with your definition of it as well. I think topping from the bottom could actually just be an actual position, like how there's doggy sixty nine. There's topping from the bottom. Now we're here. You know, like yeah, where the top puts his legs up. I think it's to also get the sense of like when you think about it. The guy, say the guy's on the futon from Target, ninety nine dollars on sale. <laughs> He's sitting, has his fucking gooch up in the air, legs pulled up as if he's about to bottom, and you are the top mm-hmm. looking at him, riding and, you know, going up and down on him and looking yeah. at him in his face. When you think about it, it's almost as if through eye contact and stuff like that, it's almost like he's topping you or what? It's almost like he's doing, like, bottom missionary. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Okay, like, that's, that's missionary, but yeah. the bottom remix of That's it. what like I meant by the second yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he, right. yeah, like he has you pinned down in a way, but like even though you're pinned inside of him, whatever. But like he mm-hmm. has you pinned down, and the bottom has you pinned down in a way, and he's looking down at you, and you can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. That sounds actually like really scary, non consensual now. But it's, it's like the idea of like, but yeah, missionary. But the top is in the bottom position, and the, top, yeah. and the bottom is. It's riding. like he's. Yeah, it's like he's almost the one like fucking you in a way because like mm-hmm. he's the one moving your shaft fucking up and himself. down. Right, yes. okay. He's fucking yeah. himself that's what on I meant. you. That's, I think that's maybe what I meant by the second one. I maybe expressed it backwards. <laughs> but that is kind of what I meant that in the sense that like the bottom takes on the personality of the top and being more dominant. But that's why I wondered, I was like, why didn't they just use the term power bottom? Yeah, exactly. Because it's also like- guys gotta make shit complicated. That and it also like it kind of raises this, this like unnecessary like stigma of like who says like all tops meet like who says like the word top or the position top is synonymous with being dominant. Right. Thus forth, a top or bottom being dominant is them channeling top energy. It's mm-hmm. like you know, just let me suck your dick. And that's we don't gotta it talk all. about. We don't got stream positions by Ariana Grande if you want to mm, um, stream a better song. Yeah, streamer album, it's out today. Um, but that's the thing. It's Has anyone ever bottom from the top? I mean, I'm kind I'm of... 16. I was literally born a bottom, I guess. So <laughs> in... You could do it. I've seen girls do it when I watch my straight porn sometimes. You know what? Girls Absolutely. Topping? Girls can do off. it. Listen. No, no, no. no. Yes. Well, okay, okay. You guys could also go... Girls, to- girls go bottoming from the top. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Absolutely. Girls bottoming from the top. Mm-hmm. But a girl can't top. Obviously. Girl, get get a strap and you can. Right. But that's like, like that I have to like go on Amazon that's or whatever. Like, so yeah, some mm-hmm. girls can kind of bottom from the top then. Oh, absolutely. Like if you're yeah. doing a certain definition of that position, oh my God, if anything, y'all could go deeper too. Ugh. <laughs> you sound jealous. <laughs> you sound you jealous. Fuck, yeah. That's the thing. I, I identify as a male, but shit, the things I would do if I had a pussy. Understandable. Not saying it's easier for y'all, but damn, I always tell y'all this all the time. You guys would have so many godchildren because I would just be getting knocked up. 
left and fucking right. Just up. You know how many baby showers we would have thrown for you by now if you were a woman? Oh yeah. my God. At this point, y'all wouldn't even throw them anymore. Y'all would just be like, all right, just drop them off at the door and you're ready to have them babysat. <laughs> girl, honestly, I'd probably just send you a like, gift card for something and it's like, hey girl, let's just celebrate on Zoom. Me holding my child up to the webcam, my like 12th <laughs> child in like two years. Look at him. <laughs> uh, on some Octomom shit, low key. Chow, she poor thing. She was really in a rough fucking position. But um, speaking of positions, we have a DM diaries that we're gonna get into later, and it has to do with positions. And we're not talking about the new Ariana Grande song, so we'll be right back. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gas Gathering, and we're going to get into DM diaries where we listen to and try to help our listeners allegedly with any personal questions they have. So just a reminder, you could DM us. Um, any personal advice questions you have to the gag podcast on Instagram and we're going to get right into the question. So the question says, Hey, the gag it's Sachin from Maryland. And I wanted help on how to communicate sex positions while gay dating. How can you tell somebody you're talking to as a top or bottom? And is there a polite way to ask that doesn't come off overly sexual? Is knowing a dude's sexual position important for most gays? Thanks fags. Love the ending. Love the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, this shit is so fucking relevant to my life because I find myself falling in love with a lot of bottoms I didn't know were bottoms. I just might be in that situation right now. But this question resonated with me. But y'all go ahead. To be quite honest. (laughs) Y'all go ahead. What's Zia gonna (laughs) Zia, tell us about your bottoms that aren't your friend. (laughs) Tell us about the bottoms you're dating. Oh god. Um, I will say for me, any guy I've like had an interest in or like actually done shit with has like been a top just cause I don't know. I just like, there's no way that I personally is like, this is how you gauge that energy. Cause there are some dudes I've known that like give off bottom energy and it's like, Oh, you're a top. Like somebody we all knew he who shall not be named. Those are always the ones that give the nastiest dick, though. That's you saying that what's his face? He who shall not be named gives nasty dick. He gives nasty dick, but not in the way that I think you mean. Wait. Hmm? No. He is a nasty dick. Exactly. He was a top. Oh, he (laughs) was. No, no, okay, but here's the tea with him. He wasn't a top. He was just a bad bottom. He probably got, like, eliminated by default in the first round of bottoming. Top was probably like, yeah, this ain't it. You already full shit, and I'm not even in your ass yet. Yeah, he was just a Mm -hmm. bad bottom. I I know that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) any guy I've been involved with, I just feel like I've automatically just, like, felt top vibes, and it's just been, like, true. Hey, you're a top. Um, And... I just, I don't know. But there is a friend of mine who for the longest, I was like, they're definitely a top that we had a conversation not too long ago. And he told me that like, he's like mainly a bottom. And I was like, huh, that's cute for you. I didn't expect that, but that's cute for you. Um, And yeah. That's my question though. What is top energy? Because I know Joey kind of alluded to it earlier in that the whole stereotype of like tops are more dominating and bottoms are just a little more submissive sometimes. But depending, I mean, we know people that that's not necessarily true with their preferred position. So what even is top energy? That's what makes it so hard is that you don't know because some people just do exude top energy and it proves out to be that they are a top. And then there's some people that just 
it's completely different by right. the person. That's what makes it harder on a whole nother level. Okay. I'd say when you're making out with a dude, like you can kind of tell whoever is like the more dominant one and like leading it is like definitely the top. Like with guys I've made out with, they like, I let them take the lead, which lets you know I'm the submissive one. I'm sub that's pretty much the only thing I'm submissive in everything else in my life. Dominant as fuck. But yeah, like that, I feel like that's a great way to gauge it. Like make out with them, see what happens. But say, like, you're on the first date, which in this case, like, Sachin sounds like he's been on many first dates. How do you tell? Like, I'm I'm that way, too. I'm like, how do we tell who's the top or bottom? Who fucking pays for the dinner? Like, I don't, like, how do you know? And it's like, it's it sounds so materialistic to be like, oh, my God, we're thinking about just, like, how he's into me in, like, this way. But it's like that, unfortunately, to people matters. For example, for me, if it's the right guy, honestly, I would say maybe, like, 80% of guys, if we were talking, I thought they were top this whole time. They told me they're bottom. And if I like them enough, I'd get with it. Like, I'm not like the most verse king out there, but like, you know, I'm slaying some dick around here, there. But um, I would if I like that person enough. Whereas most guys are so strict in their positions where they're like, oh no, like it's almost like, like you get to the end of the fucking bachelor and you don't get a rose. It's like, oh no, we're not a match. And it's just like, what? Like, we are gay. <laughs> like, See, I will say I personally would, I, mm, I would personally just rather like a bottom than top. Cause that's just how I am in a sexual like yeah. situation. But I'd also say that as far as like there being a polite way to ask that doesn't come off like overly sexual, I, I feel like that's kind of difficult. I feel like the best thing to do is just kind of make it clear what you prefer. But like, like how your how but see, this I, is where the difficulty lies. Like, how do I tell you that I like to take dick up my ass over some pad thai? Okay. And it's on our see, first day. Right. For me, that's no issue. I'm just like very open and honest when I'm talking to like guys and I have no problem speaking about something sexually. Like, I don't know. I don't find it like too difficult to just be like, hey, like this or like a crack a fucking joke about it or something. But yeah, that's just me. It's tricky because also if you're in the first date and you guys are really vibing and then it comes out that you're both bottoms, for example, then it's then like, you're just oh, gonna have to I... see it's like, so are we now sisters? Like, does the vibe yeah. change? It's like, oh, so now should we just like kiki later instead of like one of us penetrate the other exactly. when I want to and penetrate it, it? It's shitty because it's like, if you guys are really connecting like romantically and blah, 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 and whatever, like if the fit, I mean, it's, it's part of a romantic connection is the physical part. So it kind of has to be breached early on. But if it is, it's almost like, oh, do I just have to like drop my feelings Scissor. for you? I have an opinion. I don't mind scissoring with, I love playing around with other bottoms. Hi, Keith. Like, I think that shit's so hot. See? Just small disclaimer. I think that's so hot, especially if we bring one top in there to balance out the bottom. That shit is. You know is what? So that's hot. not that. I, I don't mind. I was, that, how I sustainable mind. is that for a relationship, though? You can't be scissoring all the time. Eventually, he didn't say relationship. But I mean, if he's da- like, say like it is a relationship, I see, but that's the thing. Like, that's where it gets hard because it's like, what, are you just going to be doing like foreplay every night? Of course, there's probably some couples that just do foreplay only, but sometimes it's like, no, like I want the physical feeling of sex and I want the connection and I'm ready for the commitment that sex beholds, you know? There should almost be a less frisky platform, like not grinder that could explicitly yeah. say- like, hey, I'm a top or a bottom, but like, I want a relationship. Like, because you can't do that. I don't think you can do that on Grinder. being like, hi, I'm a top and I'd like to go out for some Italian. Like, 
No, you want to take an Italian out. Like it's different, you know. So you can't. You can. You can on Grinder if you want to. There's like a little like option to put your position if someone's like, "Hey, no, no, I'm that's looking what I'm for saying. this." Grinder's they could put the that in their bio. Right, yeah, yeah, Grinder's the only yeah. one that you could do it, but it's only because you're gonna hook See, up. You don't give a shit. That's but just difficult. You just is... have to. That's the yeah. thing. I don't know if anyone is on Hinge, but Hinge has these prompts pretty much. Like you put pictures in it, it'll be like my typical Sunday is, and you put like. Me, it's literally my thing is like going on disassociative walks while blasting Corinne Bailey Ray. So maybe there could be a prompt on like Hinge or something, for example, that's like, like, where do I lie? I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Something that could bring up the topic of sex. Like, just what are you into physically? It could literally be it. I don't think that's as invasive or sexual as a question. That could literally just be like, oh, I like kissing. I like holding hands. And then you could wait on a homie across the table to be like, Oh yeah, but I also like sticking my dick nine inches into your esophagus. I'm like, okay, great, perfect. Let's leave. Exactly. Great Romantically point. knowing what you're physically mm. into. There, there just go. needs to be that like bridge. Besides apps though, I really don't know how you could do that in person. Like with a person that you just happen to meet. I don't, yeah, it's, I, exactly. we don't have a straight up answer because it's, yeah, it really is a tricky situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the question also another question uh, the last question was like is knowing a dude's sexual position important for most gays i feel like it's important for like gays yeah i feel like it's important for gays who are like set in like what they are and or, or like set in what they like so like i'd say like yes and no but like this person seems to be i feel like this question would be coming from somebody who is set in their position mm-hmm. so I guess like to many people it like it is sort of important and like if I feel like this person's asking that question because like they're a little like mm, is this abnormal yeah is it weird that I'm like set in like you know one position uh, it's not weird it's cool no, it's not at all and I was that goes to my next question I was gonna say have any of us like had that thing where like we I mean Maybe Z, if you're out here on Grinder talking to other bottoms. But, like, for the most part, like, I don't know about you, Ali, but, like, for me, there's been moments where it's, like, I've been, like, talking to this person, or at least I just think I like this person, and I find out that they're a bottom. I'm not turned off by it, but I don't know if they're overwhelmed by the fact that I'm such a, like, bottom, where they're, like, oh, no, now that's just my sis, because we're not sexually compatible, because I'm not willing to change my position, you know, not saying yeah. they have to be the ones to change it, but just open up the conversation in general. Has that ever happened? Because Sachin, um, when we were DMing about this topic, he even like added some context. He was like, yeah, because I found myself falling in love with these bottoms and, you know, there's nothing you could do about it. And that sucks. Like that fucking sucks. Oh, no. Falling in love with these bottoms. Mm. That's. That's difficult. There have been some guys that I've like met through apps and like we're, we've just both ended up being like bottoms. And I don't know, I, it hasn't stopped me from like talking to them and getting to know them. I guess like I just ended up as friends. <laughs> yeah. See, so... about it. Like, and that's the thing. I was going through this thing with like this guy recently and like, I would like I'd be out with him too and it's like not that I'm saying like oh sexual positions matter but I'm wondering do they matter to him because I don't know what fucking position he is and I come off as such a bottom so 
is that energy almost like keeping him away from entering the sexual realm because he knows my position he knows it's not going to be compatible with his like it's literally like fucking two batteries both on the negative sides just like together it's like literally and like emotionally and mentally and you know when you connect with a person um bottoms be going through it so i did do some light research aka google and there was one sex therapist that i just saw that they recommended depending on the conversation that you guys are having it could happen on the first date it could happen on the third date when you start talking about like life experiences you can kind of easily weave in like something relating to like an interaction you had with a person alluding to the fact that like you're a top or you're a bottom so that the person can kind of get the idea of like oh okay so in a previous relationship or your last hookup you like low-key mm. were a top so maybe you still are so that is an option that i saw that could possibly work just kind of when you're talking about your personal life or you're getting into like talking about your past experiences with other people kind of weaving it in there so it's not too awkward but like yeah if you're talking about um you know, funny stories and yours is about how you lost your virginity. You can talk about that was your first time bottoming and you enjoyed it or something like that. That is maybe one way to do it. So to kind of talk about your past and weave it in there. So there, yeah. Like bring it up casually Mm -hmm. and like keep it pushing. And like, you know, if y'all are compatible, then y'all could get it pushing. Yeah. Someone can push something in. Yeah. Most certainly. (laughs) some type of penetration of the situation child bottles be going through it like we really be going through it ali i love you one because i love you too you're also a fellow bottom sister and i know the shit that we be going through so so sachin just like a lot of shitty things that goes on in lives and that goes on in gays lives apparently there's not really an answer that grinder or a grinder bio can't even answer for you but yeah just hopefully you take the beautiful and lovely advice we've had from me, Ali Zia, and the lovely sex therapist that Zia brought up as a great part of research. And hopefully you could take away something. You know what? Bottoms go through a lot. Just have some go through them. Now we're going to go through a break. We'll be right back with Teachable Moment. Welcome back to The Gag. Now it is time to wrap up with our Teachable Moments. So my Teachable Moment is that topping from the bottom has now been officially debated and defined by us. I gave myself a headache trying to describe my two theories of the definition earlier. Hope I made sense for everyone listening, but we finally cleared it up. It's referring to a position. So thumbs up to us. We, uh, we define some shit. Hey, and thumbs will definitely be up somewhere if you can't find a top to put something up for you. There we go. Thumbs are a middle finger. A middle finger is good too. A little tingle in the finger is nice. <laughs> Ollie. Fuck, does that mean? <laughs> you know, when, like, I'm say- I'm pretty much saying, like, when you're masturbating, <laughs> you're, like, jerking yourself off and you use your, fi- like, you finger yourself. Oh, okay. Like, this little thing, like that. Like, kind of mm-hmm. like, like the flicking of the bean motion, but, like, to your prostate. Tips for the future. No, 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 no. We don't do that. We don't, we don't literally, like, Andre, do you literally flick your bean? <laughs> no. I hope not. We don't. It's just like. Child, I'm not trying to flick it like a goddamn fly <laughs> off the table at brunch. No. 
No, 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 no man. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to fill this in my whole like, how I fill voids for men. <laughs> Ollie. Well, <laughs> all right. Um, so my teachable moment is related to Emily in Paris, and she goes to Paris not knowing a fucking word of the language besides bonjour, and she says bonjour. I hate that shit. But, like, if you're going to go live in a foreign country for a decent amount of time, at least be able to say some shit in that language. At least be able to say some basic sentences that you know you will need to get around. Like, hello? That shit's ignorant as fuck. Yeah, that shit makes me mad. The fact that this illiterate American-ass bitch is walking around France still getting hit on by guys while not even knowing the language and not even accepting the offer from these Frenchmen. Bitch, how fucking dare you? I think you're more upset, Joey, that she got hit on by men versus her not knowing any French. Yeah. No, she did get hit on by men. <laughs> no, she did. But I think you're just, mm-hmm. I think you're more upset over that fact than the fact that she didn't know any French. Yeah, I'm projecting on her. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really should keep my insecurities to myself. My bad. No, bitch. Roast Emily. Who gives a shit? Ciao. Speaking of Emily, my teachable moment is if I were to redo college and redo the experience to study abroad... I would definitely go studying abroad in a foreign country just for the sake of being around, being a thought, and absolutely just getting railed for a semester by a bunch of different foreign men. Of course, getting tested, client to client, of course, but I would just (laughs) spend my time embracing and embracing the culture that way by being embraced. What way to embrace the culture than being embraced by a fully grown and realized foreign man in their own home country? Sounds like a welcome to me. And I didn't even got to take a citizenship test for it. You would have come back so pregnant from study abroad, girl. I know. Oh, my God. I wonder if I would have to travel back to go have my babies because it's kind of illegal mm-hmm. when people do that, move to the country, just have their babies and then like flee back. I don't know. It's a whole thing. But <laughs> who knows? For now, my hole is tighter than ever because of quarantine and we're clearly not in Paris having baguettes up our asses. <laughs> or croissants. Or croissants. Girl, croissants Wait. fold. Baguettes are way firmer. No, croissants have a curve to it. Croissants have a curve here? to them, and they're a little thicker, bitch. <laughs> yes. Let me enjoy croissants See, in wait, peace. Not necessarily thicker than a baguette. You know what? No, baguettes are thicker. But baguettes croissants, are thicker and they could be the right size. But it just depends on what you want and it depends where your prostate is too. Like if she's more up north, like more like in the center city part of town in your body, you gotta get the one that's just straight up north, the pole, like the baguette. But if you're looking for something to poke you in places and make you squeam and all that, get a croissant, let that curve fuck you up. Period. You know, hopefully you know his position first and, you know, you don't suffer like Sachin or the rest of us bottoms sometimes. So maybe if you know French, you could communicate to your date in France that, um, uh, Zia, do you know how to say I'm a bottom in French? Uh, Ali could say it better than I can. Oh my God. I don't know how to say a bottom. Uh, well, we clearly don't know shit here. Listen, hold up, hold up. I learned French. French was my first language. I learned it as a kid. I didn't learn, like, the dirty shit, okay? Child, once Rona's over, we're going and we're getting railed. You better pull that. You know what? I'm going to brush that up. Who the, I'm going to have to ask Google, honestly, because the French I know is all the French I've learned from, like, parents, okay, okay. like, aunts, uncles, grandparents. According, according to Miss Google Translate, this is how you say I am a bottom in French. Je suis un fond. Mm, okay. So, whatever oh she said... <laughs> That sounds so close to I'm a child. 
Oh, it does. Oh my god. Yes. Oh, it's fun. Oh my god. Yes. You know what? For some tops, I am baby. So. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, hopefully, y'all bottoms in Paris. Bottoms in Paris. <laughs> that sounds like a collab album between Lil Nas X and Sam Smith. Ciao. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Well, my fellow bottoms and people. It's been real, it's been long, it's been hard, and you could take it up again next Friday. So with that being said, I am your favorite emotionally or way over emotionally available bottom, sometimes top for the right one, Joey. I'm your very unemotionally available um, mean bottom. And I definitely didn't take advantage of my study abroad experience in Paris, Zia. And we're out. Bottoms in Paris. <laughs>